Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're into extra time. Kia ora koutou and welcome to another edition of Extra Time where we here at RNZ Sport take content from the big sporting stories of the week and wrap them into a conveniently sized podcast for your enjoyment. I'm Clay Wilson and this week we head more than 9,000 kilometres across the Pacific Ocean to Argentina where the All Blacks are preparing to bounce back from a rare defeat against a team on the rise. We also talk to New Zealand rugby league star Roger Tuivasa-Shek reveal the latest on a proposed Pacific-based Super Rugby team, and hear about some happenings in the worlds of Paralympic sports and basketball. A team full of belief and a packed stadium filled with expectation stand between the visiting All Blacks and their hopes of bouncing back from a rare defeat this weekend. Coming off a narrow loss to South Africa in Wellington, on Sunday morning in Buenos Aires, the New Zealand side face an Argentinian outfit who already have victories over the Springboks and Wallabies in this year's rugby championship. Anticipation of the match was momentarily halted earlier this week as mass protests broke out in Argentina's capital over proposed economic policies. But as Argentinian journalist Federico Coronando told me, the focus on and excitement about the game was quickly back on track. Regardless of that, uh you know, the Velasquez Stadium has been approved by the City Council engineers to allow for 2,000 additional tickets to be sold, and they were put in, uh, they were made available over the past weekend, and they just sold out in a few minutes. So, so although there are troubles with the economy, uh, people had their money ready to uh, be there for the All Blacks, and, uh, and and I know people come from all over the country to see the All Blacks. It's just a uh, uh, one thing that every rugby fan wants to do once in, in their lifetime at least. But I think now, uh, after following a Tuesday's uh, more crisis, uh, things are getting back to normal. And uh, yeah, now it's time to think that the All Blacks have been beaten this time uh, in a rugby championship and the, the Pumas have won twice this year uh, in their rugby championship appearances. So why not this may be the first time in history that the Pumas really look uh, that this might be the day that the Pumas finally be the All Blacks. And there's a dream that it will be someday. We don't know when, but we want to be there. And that's the feeling. And uh, Kieran Reed's absence adds to that excitement. It, okay, they've been beaten. They don't have Kieran Reed. This can be the day, and uh, Mario Ledesma, as new Pumas coach, has also brought new hopes for the fans. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about that, but first of all, you touched on the impression the All Blacks make when they're in Argentina. They're obviously very popular. They're a team that, when they're in the country, that rugby fans and, I guess, sports fans love to come along and and get involved with the All Blacks and, and see them play. The All Blacks are admired beyond beyond any doubt. It's uh, 
some guy said today during the press conference, uh, it's a bittersweet feeling for us. We admire you guys and we want to beat you. Uh, it's uh, people from non-rugby environments uh, buy tickets to be there and see the All Blacks because uh, they learn from the All Blacks and they, uh, you know, they kind of uh, translate uh, the All Blacks philosophy into uh, everyday uh, habits. Obviously, the belief of the Pumas could be higher this week. You mentioned the All Blacks have just lost to South Africa. The Pumas wins against the Wallabies and the Springboks this year. But the players themselves, the squad, from speaking to them this week, watching them, do you believe that the Pumas players believe that a win is possible on Saturday? Yeah, even if if they don't say that in as many words, you can read between the lines that they know this I mean, if there is a time, it must be this time because it's uh, the winds are blowing away more than ever. It, maybe, maybe it's not enough, but have have the winds blown in our way as strongly as now, as it happened before? No. So you know they have that pressure. Plus the uh, discipline that uh, Mario Ledesma has uh, imposed on, on on the team. It, it, they feel it can be this time. They won't tell you that because, but you know they they they'll put on smiles and smirks and yeah yeah might be it, it, it has to be this time. And just finally, in terms of the atmosphere at the stadium on Saturday, you mentioned extra tickets have been sold. What do you expect the atmosphere to be like at the game? Noisier than ever, noisier than ever. I, since the, the 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 expectations are higher, and uh, the economy is. Uh, a bit of a problem. Everybody will try to, you know, kind of uh, put their troubles away at least for a couple of hours and and chant and scream louder than ever. It, it, and plus, it's going to be uh, uh, the forecast says it's it's quite likely that it will be raining or close to raining uh, on Saturday. So it will be noisier and maybe rainier than on previous occasions. That was Argentinian journalist Federico Coronando speaking about the Pumas game against the All Blacks in Buenos Aires this weekend. Roger Tuivasa-Shek has become the first Warriors player to receive Rugby League's highest individual honour, the Dallier Medal. The Warriors captain and fullback overcame stiff competition from Newcastle fullback Caelan Ponga, who was born in Western Australia to New Zealand-born parents. Upon arrival back in New Zealand, Tuivasa Sheik told Checkpoint's Alex Perrottet from Auckland Airport there had been plenty of interest in his historic achievement. Yeah, yeah, all the, all the journalists were there with the flashing lights, so that's, that's um, as good as it gets. And you know, just like that people were there just to, to um, you know, take interest. And um, I was happy to, to share um, what I experienced because it was, it was definitely a special moment for me and, and my family and my club. Hey Roger, tell us, what went through your head as Mal Meninga read out your name? Oh, just yeah, I just I just still couldn't believe it. Um, he called my name out, and so I turned to my old man and I just looked at him, and he didn't say much, but I could tell in his eyes he was he was proud. But yeah, I just we just locked eyes and just said, oh, man, how crazy is this? Do you believe that I'm being named Bellium Player of the Year? It's crazy. We just it was just a special moment, and yeah, sort of not many words that sort of describes it. 
I saw that footage, and I've watched it a few times as you look at your old man, and he, he had that look in his face that uh, at least told me that he wanted to say something, but he just shook your hand. I, I thought if he said something, he might just burst into tears. I guess you, you might have felt the same. Yeah, I think that was, that was actually it. You know, we, we said look to each other, and I was like, wow, how good is this? And he just, he, he was just smiling, and he, the eyes were getting a bit watery, so I just went in for the hug, and, and then stood up, but... No, it's definitely a special moment, and um, I was glad I could have my old man there just to, just to share that moment with him. Roger, you're an inspiration to many people, but you are dripping with a quiet humility in the way you conduct yourself. You've been made captain this year. You've saved people in car crashes, and now this. So, I mean, you could see that respect in your fellow countrymen with that with that hucker. How did you feel as they did that? Oh man, that was that was special because. You know, I've, I've just been to some, um, a lot of occasions where the huck has presented to, to someone in, in honour of, of the occasion or something special. So that was kind of the first time I've, I've had a huck perform for me. So it meant a lot. And, and just to have um, sort of my, my, my teammates, uh, especially Isaac Luke and Dan Sivana, but even having players from other teams sort of stand up and, and do the huck and it, it, it meant so much. And, yeah, I was just so honoured and I was pretty lucky to, to have that. Hey, Roger, we, we spoke to Ray Warren a bit earlier on. He was quite optimistic about the Warriors' chances next year. He said that getting eighth was very good, a great improvement, and things are looking good because of the player group and, and how united and committed you are. What are you aiming for for 2019? Uh, just um, some consistency. You know, we, we went well. We started off with a good patch in the start, um, up and down mid-season, and then, again, just a real up and down in the, in the back end. So just making sure that the boys come in with, with similar attitudes, all wanting to go to the next level and all wanting to be better than they were in before. And uh, if they turn up to the preseason with that kind of mindset, then um, I'm pretty sure that we can go go even further than we did this year. And before all that, and obviously before you get to the off-season, we've got the Kiwis and Kangaroos game. How's that medial yeah. ligament? And uh, you're going to be back on time? Oh, I wish I could say I could be. Um, uh, just a couple of days now that I've been ruled out, um, my, my sort of my... My knee's not going to be ready in time, but I'll definitely be there with my um, with all the support and watching it um, with the team and, and helping wherever I can during the week if, if need be. Checkpoints Alex Perrottet there, talking to Warriors skipper Roger Tuivasa-Shek about receiving the Dalian medal for the NRL's Player of the Year. Enormous funding demands could trip up a proposed Pacific-based Super Rugby team before it gets off the ground. The feasibility of such a team was explored in a Ministry of Foreign Affairs study released earlier this year. But an RNZ investigation has found that at least $18 million would be needed each year for the team to be considered as part of an expanded Super Rugby competition. RNZ Pacific's Finney Wiley filed this report. The concept of a Pacific-based rugby team has been warmly embraced by players, organisers and regional rugby unions. Samoa's Prime Minister Tuilepa Selele Malielinga Oi is also the head of his country's rugby union and has been involved in the discussions about a Pacific-based team with Super Rugby's governing body, SANSA. We are being asked by the SANSA committee that we have to produce $12 million and we just don't have that kind of money. RNZ understands 12 million US dollars, or 18 million New Zealand dollars, is the minimum annual investment demanded by SANSA. 
The former Fiji Sevens coach Ben Ryan was involved with a previous bid to launch a Pacific Super Rugby team two years ago. He believes such a strong, marketable team could attract enough interest from private investment alone. There's no reason why that can't attract serious sponsors and a serious um, investor or group of investors. There's absolutely no reason. And if they get it right, they don't need to ask for government or world rugby funding. They should be able to do or fund and do all of this commercially themselves. Anoke Afiaki was involved with the Singapore Rugby Union when it was overlooked for a super rugby berth in favour of the Japan-based Sunwolves. The former Hurricanes lock and Tonga captain who's now home in Tonga, says the economies of Fiji, Samoa and Tonga are not large enough to sustain a professional team on their own and believes New Zealand should step up to the plate. He says for a Pacific-based team to be viable, the New Zealand government will need to underwrite it. In a way, it's allowing the Pacific Islands to now have a have a source of revenue from the sports industry. And if we do it with the guidance of, I would say, New Zealand rugby, that have been prudent in many years on how to, how to make sure that they survive in this professional era, because we we don't have that skill set here. The Foreign Affairs Minister Winston Peters says New Zealand and the Pacific share a love of sport, particularly rugby, but has played down suggestions the government would be willing to foot the bill for a Super Rugby franchise. On this issue, the moment you start talking about financial backing, um, you'd have to know exactly at what level, how much and for how long, and whether a period of time they would be financially self-sustainable as a addition to the uh, Super 18, I suppose it will, will become by then. The Sanzar board hopes to sign off on the final competition structure when it meets in London in November. For Checkpoint, Vinnie Wiley. A decade-long battle for New Zealand's top para-athletes to gain funding equity with their able-bodied counterparts could be close to an end. The United States Olympic Committee has announced it will pay Paralympians and Olympians equally for medal performances, meaning gold medal winners will get $50,000, silver medalists $35,000 and bronze $20,000. New Zealand's top athletes don't get money directly for medal success, but their performance enhancement grants, or PEGs, do rely on achieving top finishes at pinnacle events. The chief executive of Paralympics New Zealand, Fiona Allen, told sports editor Stephen Hewson she has been battling to get funding parity for the past eight years and believes high-performance sport New Zealand is now finally listening. There is disparity currently uh, between the performance enhancement grants for a Paralympian and an Olympian. A Paralympian winning gold at the Paralympic Games would receive 50000 and a New Zealand Olympian would receive 60000 and when we then go down to a silver medal um, performance, a New Zealand Paralympian would receive 35000 and a New Zealand Olympian 55000 And same for bronze, 35000 for a Paralympian and 55000 for an Olympian. So th- that, that's the performance enhancement grants as opposed to a medal bonus you're talking, or are they the same thing? It's primarily the same thing. The U.S have announced um, this from an Olympic, Paralympic perspective, whereby um, athletes within the New Zealand system have the uh, eligibility to receive this year on year, not just as an Olympic or Paralympic Games. So so would you like to see a, a bonus payout system introduced? I think preferably, I think rather than um, rewarding athletes based upon a uh, Olympic or Paralympic Games, I think what we have in the New Zealand system about 
supporting athletes um, year on year and the lead up to a pinnacle event, Paralympics and Olympics, is seemingly a more sensible solution. But the disparity, I suppose, in the figures is, is a bone of contention. High Performance Sport New Zealand have agreed to review those with us for future years. Paralympians uh, an integral part, in my mind, of the New Zealand athlete community. And we need to ensure that they're appropriately rewarded for their accomplishments um, and ensuring pay equity and parity within that. As you'll note, there's, there's a lot of discussion about pay equity between females and males. Um, this difference in equity also exists between disabled athletes and non-disabled athletes. How far off do you think that pay equity could, could be? Is this a discussion that you feel is going to have to continue for some time or, or is there a real sense that you, you could actually achieve it in the near future? I'm receiving feedback that we would be able to see change in the foreseeable future. There's been amazing public support with regards to our Paralympians over recent years since London 2012 and Rio 2016, our Paralympians are becoming household names. Um, and their achievements um, at Paralympics and, and World Championships um, are being admired um, by the New Zealand public for their accomplishments. And I think it, it may be one aspect um, towards assisting us to have those conversations with government about equity and parity. When did you first raise this? Um, I first raised this eight years ago. It's been a long while coming, um, but they always say good things happen to those that wait. That was Paralympics New Zealand CEO Fiona Allen speaking to RNZ Sports Editor Stephen Hewson. It's a new era for the New Zealand Breakers, who have headed for the US to prepare and play in a historic match against NBA team the Phoenix Suns. The squad are without veteran Mika Vakona, who left to join the Brisbane Bullets, and retired point guard Kirk Penny this season, as well as the abrupt departure of former coach Paul Henare. Despite only having one full training session with the team, coach Kevin Braswell is optimistic and says they'll meet an NBA side who are also in a rebuilding phase. Sports reporter Ravinda Hunia caught up with Braswell this week at Breakers HQ. Focus is to make sure that we're building and getting better for the teams that we're going to play against that we played last week. Uh, Phoenix will actually test us on a lot of things that we're trying to cover. So I think that's what we're, we're focusing on more than just the Phoenix Suns. So once we get there and we're training on their floor, I'm sure the excitement will be there. Number one, uh, just for them to go out and have fun. I mean, that's, that's, that's probably the biggest thing. I mean, on, on that, that level, I mean, you're playing against the best players in the, in the, I would say in the world. Uh, and number one pick and the number ten pick that the Suns had this year, so it's going to be a fun game for us. But I just think that for what I'm trying, what I'm trying to get out of it is just to make sure that we get better defensively. You're talking about playing against some of the best athletes that that the, you know the game has to offer, uh, and, and the speed that they'll play against. I mean, I think it's a good thing for us to see, you know, front hand and, and, and front front line that the speed that they play at, the intensity that they play, and how they move the ball. I think that'll be good. We're playing on a bigger floor, different rules. You know, they got a three-second uh, violation on defense. We don't have that in the FIBA rules. So, I mean, that's good. But I think that the games last week really helped us show helped show us where we were offensively. I mean, we scored 90 points a game. Had the second fastest pace that we were playing at. We just gave up too many. So, you know, I'm just – our whole focus right now is on the defensive end. Most of these guys believe that they could be there. Uh, most of these guys think that they should be there. So, it's, I think it's a chance, it's a test for them to actually go out there and prove it, show it. Uh, Phoenix, the one thing that Phoenix has that you know OKC didn't have is they're a young team. You know.
know, so a lot of them are first-year NBA guys, uh, second-year NBA guys, and they don't have a veteran point guard right now. So, I mean, I think they're going to be learning about themselves, that being their second preseason game. I think they're going to be trying to figure out a new coach as well, you know, so I think they're going to be learning a lot of things in their first, you know, first half of the season as well. You're on a big stage, and I think every guy in here should actually go out there and play his best and try to bring everything that they can bring. Uh, I want Corey to go score the ball. I want Shay to pick up full court and play and lock up defensively. I want Pat and Amani to show that that's where they belong, you know. These are things, and Sean Long for that, you know, and so I I want every one of these guys to go over there and actually play their best games, you know, so if that means them going out there and over giving me, I mean, you know, 180% of their effort, then so be it. Ravinda Hoonia there, chatting with Breakers head coach Kevin Braswell. And that's all we have for you this week on Extra Time. We welcome any feedback you might have which you can send through to us at sport at radionz.co.nz. And to stay up to date with all the latest in sport, check us out on the web, rnz.co.nz forward slash sport, and give us a follow on Twitter through our handle at rnzsport. I'm Clay Wilson, thanks for listening, and we hope you have a great weekend. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.